Hello. How have you all been? It's been 10 months since I put together an episode and something has felt fishy. Um, there's been a scent that's been just a little bit overpowering and I actually became super overwhelmed doing the podcast originally. But my intention was to always bring it back. Now, there's a few reasons for this. For starters, I absolutely love being able to bring you all this information to be able to speak to you uh, about to a topic I love, which is branding. And it encapsulates a lot of other things, obviously, as well. Um, but one of the things I wanted, to, I did originally, which I'm not doing this time, was to try and integrate and give myself too much work to do. It stopped, it stopped me from focusing what I, what I actually wanted to do, which was to bring you guests and make the process simple. Um, and I basically overcomplicated it. Anyway, I don't want to go too much into that. Um, I'd actually like to just say thank you for sticking around, but also to, yeah, um, give me the opportunities aside from this to be able to come onto your podcasts. It's actually given me a chance to kind of reflect and simplify things and make things a little bit easier. And I've learned a lot of things. And there was also a massive technical problem on my side when I went to go and do the podcast again. I use a Rode, Rodecaster Pro and the original one broke. Long story, but yeah, basically I've fixed it now, which is amazing. Um, Rode were actually just the... Uh, what can I say? They were they were just amazing. Um, I've been a big fan of their products and the branding and everything for a long time. Um, customer service wasn't the sharpest and wasn't the quickest, but they made up for it with the actual experience that I got. So they actually, yeah, they um, they basically gave me a replacement so i hadn't broken it. it it was the model that broke itself somehow not sure how I, i'm not a tech expert um but essentially they then said yeah okay it's broken it's probably it's just the machine that's that's just these things happen so they sent me a and um, the upgrade they sent me the next one the new model that basically was released after about two months of being broken, they basically reached out and said, yeah, look, well, we're going to send you the brand new one. Um, hope you hope you enjoy. Hope you get some really good use out of it. So here it is. This is the Level Up Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Sully, a brand strategist, designer, and founder of Snapper Studio. And I'm on a mission to help you gain clarity and confidence in your brand. I'll arm you with bite-sized tips and introduce you to friends of the show who are taking their brand to the next level. 
So yeah, the Level Up podcast, it's uh, my space to uh, shine a light on people, shine a light on um, people that I've been meeting and um, conversing with over this last sort of 10 months. So I've been having an increased amount of time talking to people across LinkedIn, um, mostly. Um, there's been a bit of a shift on the Instagram platform. I'm still there and I'm still watching some of your content. I'm just less present on it. Um, I felt it's not been as valuable for me as the conversations I've had on LinkedIn have been, but I'm still there. And content, when it does come through, it's going to still be promoted across both platforms. So if you follow me on either, then that's fantastic. I really appreciate you guys. Just to go back two steps and say what happened to the old podcast. So <laughs> this is a this is a conversation for another time as well. And I've got another podcast that I'm thinking about that is kind of along those lines of I'm going to explain something that gets a little bit gruesome um, and is kind of, yeah, it made me go, oh, wow, I really need to rename the podcast. It's um, background is, yeah, absolutely um, horrific. Um, but anyway, it was that was a mistake that I've made, um, but I am fixing. Uh, so, yeah, as now you'll see. The podcast has a brand new name. The podcast has a brand new identity in line with what I'm currently also have done for my business, which was to rebrand. Other things that have been going on have been, yeah, we've, we've been, I've been busy um, creating new identities, um, working through brand strategy workshops with brands, spoken to a lot of people. And learned a lot of a lot of new things, but anyway, today has been something that I've popped in and has popped up so many times over the last sort of, um, especially the last three to four months, has been something that I've kind of been thinking about for a while. Just never, um, never kind of articulated it, and I've written a blog post about it. But this isn't. This is going to be a bit of a a kind of stripped back version just to make it a little bit simpler. So if you want to go really deep, jump onto the jump onto the blog on the website um for Snapper Studio and I'll I'll leave a link in the show notes. But yeah, this is um basically yeah I wanna go into it and say something has been smelling fishy. And that whole olfactory sense that you get when something <laughs> doesn't smell quite right. Um, and then you can, yeah, you can really adjust opinions and change people's opinions and perceptions of your brand by, you know, looking at, looking at things like, um, audio branding now audio branding is things like the doo -doo 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 -doo. you know i'm loving it um mcdonald's their whole brand um audio visual um that combination of things that you know you 
don't even necessarily have to put the logo into it. That can become irrelevant if you've got a really consistent um, audio audio identity. And that's another thing that we don't even um, we don't even consider, but we absolutely sh- should. And one of the really like the absolute strongest ones is scent branding. Now, what do I mean by this? Scent branding, um, so a little bit of a scientific background on this part, is that your olfactory system, which is kind of basically straight up into your nose, um, that hits the olfactory nerve, which is like a direct link to your brain. And now I am not a doctor at all, um, but basically your brain then picks it up it triggers memories. Um, it can it can make you think a whole bunch of things that you would just start associating with um, memories from your childhood, or um, yeah, things that you wouldn't necessarily consider. Um, but basically, you end up getting bombarded by all these smells. Um, and it's a really interesting space to branch away from. So you, everyone's very used to logos, taglines, um, identity systems, uh, social media, everything like this. But this is a a new way to attack the senses. It's not not attacking the in a bad way. Uh, we don't want to hurt your senses. But it's just uh, like a new new way to go. And the best example of I've had of this in the last, um, let's take you back to 2008. I was fresh out of uni and my wife and I and my family, we all went to America. I'd never been before. So this was, uh, yeah, this was my, this was also my first trip out of Europe um, so it was a pretty big deal. Anyway, my wife had been before and she'd been to this show. You know, she'd got engrossed by this shop called Abercrombie and & Fitch. And they have like the most, um, they like, they hit every sense of your body that you have. So they hit uh, touch Obviously, their products are you can touch your their products. They're a clothes shop. Um, you can you can see they've got this amazing way that they've kind of lit this everything. Um, everything is very dark, very black, very black and white. Um, but then they've got this pop of color, which is like spotlights on clothes, so you can see it really easily. But it's just got this thing that kind of draws you in. Um, so touch, feel, obviously you can, if you're, yeah, you can see it. Um, you can't necessarily taste it because it's obviously, it's not a, a food product. Um, but you could smell it. So we got, we were in, uh, we were in San Francisco and we were like a hundred meters away from the, from the shop. And my wife just locked onto this smell and she was like, oh, Martin, it's over there. I was like, what, what's over there? She was like, 
we can smell it. I can smell it. Um, and she basically grabbed my arm and dragged me across the, uh, across the street. Ah, ah. What are you doing? Why are you dragging me? Anyway, so she dragged me into this shop and a topless, very tanned, very chiseled man um, with muscles in places that I actually didn't know you could have muscles there. He, they greet you and then you get hit by this uh, dark and moody light and everything in racks of pristine, high quality clothes and the smell that just kind of intoxicating. You get pulled in. Um, the music, the music was pumping, but somehow they make it, they blend it, everything together. So it's not intrusive. It doesn't, you could spend, you could spend time there. You could linger, find jeans, find t-shirts, find jumpers and wait, you know, you just wait for a changing room to kind of come to you. Um, and all of a sudden you walk out there and, you know, my wife's obviously very excited to see the, um, the, the shop and she's got a pile of clothes that honestly I felt was, yeah, maybe bigger than Mount Everest. Uh, yeah, she came and all I could see was two little eyes just peeping over <laughs> this mountain of clothes. Anyway. But, yeah, it brought me to that thing of, yeah, the different sort of smells and things that you can you can use um, to create atmosphere. And, and, yeah, so the one reason you might want to have a look at scent branding is because it's actually fairly unexplored and could give you an edge when you're trying to connect to your customers. Now, this is a, this is quite a, quite a cool way to do it. Uh, so I was having a, this is this is quite funny. I was having a conversation with a friend that's basically starting off a t-shirt company who um, <laughs> is basically making them for for um, people that love dogs, and it's a whole line of clothing that is related to dogs. It's got an awesome brand name. And I says I I mentioned this to her, and she was like, "Well, what what sort of scent am I going to do? Wet dog scent?" I was like, "Oh my god, that could be amazing! How funny would that be?" Um, like I admittedly, I don't think many people like the smell of wet dogs, but if you're looking to do like a uh, quite quite a fun campaign or um, you know that sort of thing, but on the flip side, you could also you could also totally flip it and have ideas where you could, yeah, so you send out your packaging, but your packaging could be fragranced with um, like fresh cut grass. So it's like inviting you to take your dog on a walk wearing your, your new clothes. Um, like these things could be really simple to do. And when I was doing a little bit of research for the blog, I was actually... Um, there's actually companies that specialize just in creating scents for brands. So I had no idea it was even a thing. 
And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's an interesting kind of idea. But, you know, so, yeah, why why, why should you look at it? Because there's opportunities to, yeah, to really um, uh, position your brand as separate and as different to other people. And that's in itself is an amazing opportunity. And that is what part of branding and brand strategy is. It's how can you separate yourself from other people? Um, and yeah, and if you can positively influence, uh, consumer behavior, um, you know, getting people to linger a longer, linger, linger a little longer, um, you know, if you can positively impact people's moods, uh, how cool is that? Um, you know. And according, this is a little fact to back it all up. According to the Sense of Smell Institute, we can recall scents with a 65% accuracy after a year. And, um, yeah, I like, I think, I mean, like, so 65% then after a year, but what happens after the year? Does it drop off slowly or... I imagine so if it can if you can pick up you know childhood memories from you know picking up a scent of cinnamon or you know vanilla uh <laughs> that's that's pretty cool um but as a comparison if we were looking at a visual it would only be 50%. So you know obviously 65 is better than 50. Um but yeah when you can combine it with the other senses you are going to create like a really stimulating campaign um and that's one thing that could really do really cool um you know multi-sensory experiences maybe that's the way for some brands to go um so yeah i guess the only other thing to think about is um be just being cautious that you are um yeah, creating a a kind of something that is not overstimulating, um, and maybe yeah, that like we all know um, there's a popular sandwich shop uh, that I feel like I'm not I'm not a big fan of that smell. Um, but you can guarantee, you know, you know, the one I'm talking about, that sort of herby, bready, slightly sickly, um, smell that kind of gets thrust right into your nose. Um, your brain goes beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, and you know exactly what awaits, uh, you know, that sort of soft pillowy bread maybe meatballs, some salads, you know, do you want that toasted cheese on top, you know? I think you I think you know who I'm talking about. Um but yeah, that smell just connects you right to their advertising. So you get that double kick, like you see the adverts on TV. Um um other places that are definitely using it are things like luxury hotels creating that sense of like, oh, look at this. This is amazing. 
you know, how uh, how incredible is that? If, you know, you get that luxurious feel of, you know, maybe they're pumping in lavender to calm you down and they're basically just trying to create a a memory and a stronger emotional connection. And anyone that's listened to the podcast for longer than this one episode will know that I talk about connecting emotions and using emotions as the most powerful selling ingredient that you can possibly kind of throw into things. Um, but yeah, again, a uh, little bit of a warning as well. When you've got, when you're using scents, um, they've got to really, uh, I guess, basically complement your brand's values, your audience, and give things context. So, for instance, you wouldn't use calming lavender scent in a high-intensity gym or a sports shop. It kind of conflicts. Um, yeah, and obviously, you've got to also be careful of people with allergies and sensitive noses or, you know, be, just be really careful of people being actually repulsed by your brand. And uh, repulsed, obviously, is a very strong word. But in if you're looking to turn away certain customers, then, you know, you perhaps you might be able to do that. Um, but, yeah, an interesting little thing is that scent marketing can be both um, and scent branding can be both subtle and yet uh, very aggressive. So it's aggressive because you can shoot it right out of your doors and windows and push yourself onto people um, outside of the confines of your business. Um, but get it right, though, and most people... <laughs> They won't even know that you're they're being targeted by you. Um, so it's yeah, you've got to find that you've got to find that balance. Um, so, but yeah, if you jump on the pod, if you jump on the website, um, you can have a little bit of a read, um, a little bit more, a few examples of what people can do and what um, sort of herbs and um, not herbs and spices. I'm not I'm not talking about KFC. Um, yeah, what kind of sense you could combine to create, uh, you know, for your business that may, yeah, you might, might work really well. Um, and a few questions as well to think about things like, um, what benefit are you targeting? Are you looking to increase the linger time, higher sales, uh, change customer moods? Um, what customers do you want your customers to feel? What customers do you want your customers to feel? Wow, that goes wrong. Ah, okay, let's flip back. What emotions do you want customers to feel? That sounds better, hey? Um, what scent could you use to trigger that emotion? Okay. And I would say keep it simple. That's the only other thing. Um, do you need more than one scent for different parts of the buying process. Um, do you need to also think about updating your brand guidelines to incorporate some of this stuff? Just a few things to kind of, yeah, trigger your memories and 
welcome you back to the fold of the podcast. I have other podcasts lined up and I have this time actually got some really interesting guests that are going to be coming on and joining me. One that's already recorded and four or five other guests that have all gone, yeah, I'm going to come on your podcast, so let's do it. Let's come and bring yourself back in. I would love to hear feedback of this episode and whether you're excited. I would also love suggestions of uh, people that could be interested on coming into the show and I know that being on a podcast is scary but I can promise you it'd be more like having a chat with a friend and having a conversation about your journey um how you got into being into that position um and really just getting to know each other because at the end of the day that's a lot of business is building friendships um and getting to know each other you yeah i'll leave it with um my favorite little equation which is t equals r plus d so trust equals reliability and delight so the reliability that's that consistency that consistency that we're looking for and that we should have across all of the touch points and consistency and frequency. Um, So this is like making sure that if you say that you're going to do a weekly podcast, which I'm not promising, um, it may be bi-weekly. I think that's probably something that's a bit more achievable. Um, But also then that delight. Okay, so the delight part is really looking at how you get people interested, how you make them so happy that they connect the consistency and happiness that they have to trusting you to deliver. Let's just leave it there.